Welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm your host, Alex Epstein. I was away last week. It is good to be back. So today's episode is called No Means Yes. Or it could also be Yes Means No, but I'm going to stick with no means yes. And this has this has nothing to do with often the context these terms get used in, which is a sexual consent context there. I'm quite a big fan of no means no. But when we're talking about another thing in life, I think no definitely means yes. And the thing I'm talking about is no in response to requests for commitment. No in response to requests for commitment. So if you just take a, a simple kind of example, you've probably had a situation where you agreed to do something and then in a month, two months in the future, and then the time comes and you think, wow, I really didn't want to do that. It might be somebody was going to be in town. You didn't really like the person, but they said meet up. And you said, yeah, why not? That's that's not now. Or maybe there was some, if you some sort of work engagement for me, it could be, oh, I agreed to a speaking engagement. I didn't really want to do it. You know, any any number of things, social engagement, this this happens all the time. And one thing that I've I've found over time is that the more the more success that I have, the more I'm known by more people as offering value, the more requests I get to make different kinds of commitments. And I'm a big fan of people who are very, very good at saying no to most requests for commitment. You think of the the legendary example, I think, is Steve Jobs, who's been described, who, who talks about this himself, and ha- Johnny Ive has discussed this, where he, being focused means saying no to really good ideas in favor of the best idea that you're working on. And that's that's an extreme level of this ability. And that's, that's coming from even your own idea of, yeah, I'd like to commit to this thing. It seems like a great idea, but there's one thing that's even better. So for example, with Apple, they were, they were committed to the iPad at first. And then at least if the stories I've read are, are accurate. And then there was this realization that the technology they were developing was better for a phone. So they put the phone on the shelf, they put the iPad or the tablet on the shelf for a while and just focused on the phone. And this is a company with huge, huge resources. And yet there, they really had to say no to their own potential commitment. Now, most of us have struggles at much, much lower levels of this, where we just agree to things that seem to be and then later uh, regret it. And I've been thinking about this lately, particularly from the perspective of enjoying being on top of my work and my life and really having an increasing distaste for any kind of overwhelm. And I mentioned this uh, last episode, I believe, where I'm just, I have an idea of I want to be generally relaxed and at ease with regard to my work. And there's no real reason why I need to overload myself with stuff, but it requires this ability to say no. And part of I think developing that is realizing why it can be difficult, and then that can help develop certain kinds of standards. In this connection, I read an article that I really liked lately, uh, recently by a guy named James Clear, and the article is entitled "The Ultimate Productivity Hack Is Saying No." So check that out by James Clear, and. 
I think the whole thing is worth reading, and it's pretty brief. But in particular, a part that struck me was a section that says the difference between yes and no. So I'll read you this section. The words yes and no get used in comparison to each other so often that it feels like they carry equal weight in conversation. In reality, they are not just opposite in meaning, but of entirely different magnitudes in commitment. When you say no, you are only saying no to one option. When you say yes, you are saying no to every other option. And this continues, I like how the economist Tim Hartford put it, every time we say yes to a request, we are also saying no to anything else we might accomplish with the time. Unquote. Once you have committed to something, unquote by Hartford, Harford, I should say, I'm still Continuing with James Clear, once you've committed to something, you have already decided how that future block of time will be spent. In other words, saying no saves you time in the future. Saying yes costs you time in the future. No is a form of time credit. You retain the ability to spend your future time however you want. Yes is a form of time debt. You have to pay back your commitment at some point. No is a decision. Yes is a responsibility. So that's that's the end of the uh, end of the passage by James Clear. And again, I, I recommend this, the whole article about the ultimate productivity hack being saying no. So this is the sense in which I mean, no means yes. So if, if I say no, so let's say somebody asks me to do a speaking engagement and let's say they say, well, you know, I, I can't pay you. And it's, it's something that I'm like, it would be good. Like I'd be, it'd be nice to be able to influence a certain audience, but and, you know, on rare occasions, I'll decide, yeah, this is this is worth it. But then I'm going to go into a minute of what I would have to think through to, to do that. But I really have to think of it as, okay, if I'm not, um, if somebody's asking me to do this, there are all kinds of reasons that they can give that sound good. Like, oh, yeah, it's an interesting audience and maybe some business will come out of it. This, this I find this happens uh, all the time where people are pitching something and saying, well, I don't want to pay your usual thing or I allegedly I can't pay it, but there are these other kinds of values that may be sufficient. And, and maybe they are, but I really need to define that. Otherwise, what happens is then I, I can just run into the trap of saying yes to things that seem positive in a vacuum. And this is part of the the problem with commitment requests is if you if we look at it in a vacuum, but not in comparison to other opportunities, then it's a, possible to do a lot of suboptimal stuff because I could say, oh, well, yeah, it's a nice audience and maybe they'll pay for my travel. And I think, oh, well, that's that's OK. And now but but I'm not thinking of it in the context of what else could I do with that time. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that it's, I find it really valuable to have a concrete standard by which I can quickly evaluate things. So in my recreational life, I can say, okay, for example, going to the beach, how does this compare to going to the beach? Going to the beach? Because if I do X, then I'm not going to go to the beach, and I really like going to the beach, or riding my one wheel, or taking a walk, going in the water, taking a nap, certain things that I really like, and maybe not the nap, I, that, that doesn't that I can't do enjoyably for as long as the others, but just thinking of things that I can, that I could be doing that if I, Hey, I commit to some social engagement, that's, that's okay, but might not be as good as those other things. So I like, I like having the general idea of, yeah, I want to enjoy my life as much as possible in an area, but I like having the concrete idea. So in work, it's working on a book when I'm, I really like working on book projects. I feel like that's, that's a place where I develop 
the most quickly and it generates a lot of value that pays off financially and in other ways over time. So if, if I'm considering a work commitment, one thing is, do I want to spend less time on my book, whatever book I'm working on or whatever books I'm working on to do this? Because often that is just the choice. It's, it's because um, now there's some amount of time where I don't want, I only want to work on a book so much, but that's a pretty large amount of time. And what I find is that there are often in any given week, I might not get as much time as I would like. And so I've really started thinking, how do I, how do I really make sure I'm doing the best stuff, stuff that is really going to advance my life and advance my values and, and Lately, one thing that I've been doing is is just having a having a clearer idea of what standards to use. And so I'll just give you my own current example, and that might be useful to you. But it's going to be very different uh, for for other people. But for me, a lot of I have certain kinds of goals of the kind of work that I want to create, and that's a lot of what what motivates me. I'm really interested in broadly speaking the science of human action or the science of human flourishing. And I like to pick projects where I feel like I can really advance that in some way where I can, and it's usually by clarifying some issue that's crucial and complex and controversial and confusing. So the main one I've worked on in my adult life is the issue of fossil fuels, which I still feel like I have quite a bit to do on that issue. So I think that's what I want to do creatively. And then so I generally want to be doing things in that domain, and then I need to do that in a way that is financially sustainable, where I can I can live at a level that I want, and I can have all. I, I, in my case, I have a company, and we have. I can work with different people and learn from them and hire consultants. There's a whole bunch of things that I feel like go into the best creative arrangement. And so, when I'm considering things, two big factors are one: is this allowing me to do the creation that I most want to do? And then two, is this really helping sustain the business? And different people who do intellectual work have different kinds of business models, but it's actually somewhat of a standard one, the kind that I have where a lot of, you know, I I like writing books and I get paid for that in a certain sense, but I get paid a lot more once I've written a book or once I've generated other ideas to speak about those ideas to different audiences. So that's one thing that I do, and then also to consult with different groups that might benefit. So in my case, I help mostly energy companies, although some other kinds of organizations as well. I help them with, broadly speaking, persuasion. So I have an approach to energy issues that is persuasive for my kinds of views. And so people with my kinds of views, particularly companies and associations, want help persuading people of similar things, and so they can hire me. So we have this business where I write books and I do speaking and I consult and those diff those that speaking and consulting has fees associated with with which those fees are both valuable to the customer I mean it's worth it that's why they pay it and it's also valuable to me and to our company so it allows us to be profitable and to flourish indefinitely into the future so when I'm considering something the easy things are okay is this helping me with my book project is this helping with our speaking business is this helping with our consulting and so that those are good that's a good first test and if something doesn't meet those tests then I am very suspicious of it because if it doesn't meet those tests then what does that mean that means that I'm, I'm agreeing to something that's going to come at the expense of 
of those things. Now, in my case, with speaking and consulting, there is a limit to how much of that I want to do because I don't want to be doing those all the time because I like to do the creative work involved in books. So there's a certain level at which I'll turn down speeches or I'll turn down consulting. And part of that is just raising rates. And that's a great way to handle that. So at a certain at a certain point, I don't want to do uh, more of that. So there's, a, in a sense, too much of that. And, you know, with the creative work, it's really just me being tired. Uh, you know, how much of it can I do before I become too tired and it's either not enjoyable or, or not productive? But in general, that's the one where I, I always, almost always would like to have uh, more time for it. So let's say somebody says, hey, you know, you could speak to this audience and it would be a good audience, but we can't pay you, but it might generate some you know, or just say like, oh, or allow you to influence people positively with your ideas. Yeah, but I'm doing that at the expense of working on a book. And part of the reason I'm working on a book and I like that is I think that's a really good way to influence people with my ideas. So yes, I might go to a room and speak to 100 people and I might influence them, but I could be doing something else with that time. And I've decided with the structure of my life that working on that book is a really, really great use of time. So, and then I've decided that I know that, hey, by speaking to certain audiences that really value what I have to say, I can I, I can benefit those audiences. And then I can also keep this business going, including all of the creative work. So that's that's a pretty sp- specific instance of just how I'm thinking of it. But often I like to just give my own example concretely so that other people can see can see what I'm talking what I'm how what I'm talking about applies at least in one particular case. So what I found lately is that I've just been much, much better at saying no to things. And in particular, what I I think I've gotten good at is saying no to, I don't have the best term for this, but I would would put it a little bit too negatively as pseudo-opportunities. And what I really mean is, is an opportunity that's suboptimal because it's, it's, oh, this might be a positive thing. I might be able to speak to this audience, but it's not positive in the full context because there are other more positive things. And this, you know, one form of this can be, oh, you'll get, if you're in the realm of ideas, oh, you can influence people in the business realm. Another one that will come up often is, oh, well, it might help generate business. So people will be going to networking functions and have all kinds of meetings. And the idea is, this will this might generate business and maybe it will but the way to think about that is to really think about in structuring the business okay what are the highest leverage things i can do to generate business and then have a system where i do those things consistently in the amount that i need to and then if there's something that really looks exceptional like it's better than me doing my proven system or it might be a lot better than me doing my proven system okay do that but when people are just, hey, I might go to this conference, maybe some like maybe something will come of it, that is that is almost never a focused uh, kind of uh, of approach. And I find that when people are in that mode, and I've been in that mode myself, so I'll just admit in my own case, I've been in the mode where I've been thinking, oh yeah, well, I'll go to this event and there will be different people there and maybe that'll generate speaking. And I've essentially just stopped doing that because... It's just it's just not a good use of time. It's way too low probability. And it's it's committing me to it's not only 
low probability in the in in a given instance, but it's not at all a sustainable type of thing. It's committing me to just doing all of these random things and having real, real no real confidence versus I can say, well, if I write books on a certain interval, yeah, that'll generate a certain uh, amount of speaking or you know, in our case, I like one reason I like doing consulting is because that's a quite a reliable revenue source. And once we have clients, they tend to like us a lot. And so we get to work with them for a while. And then I don't have to go around at different parties hoping something uh, will happen. So again, that's quite a specific example for me. But I hope that the 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 approach behind it makes sense of having an idea of what do I really want to focus on? And then what is the the life system that that consists of that allows me to focus on what I want to focus on and that that is sustainable in the good sense that is, you know, that that can continue to work uh, over time and then really say no to other things. And if and if it comes to me that, well, it really seems like I'm missing out on something, then I should question my I might question my overall system. I might say, oh, maybe there's something else that's better for me to be working on. Maybe I should change it significantly. Or maybe there's a much better way I should go about, maybe there are better services that I should offer. Maybe there's uh, a better sales process. But most of the things that I think we say yes to are just, they're just in this woozy realm of, I'd say in the better situations, they're in this woozy realm of, oh yeah, it's kind of an opportunity. Why not? And the idea is why not is because, There are so many things to do in life and there are a lot of really, there are things I think it should be set up. So there are things that you know, oh, this is a great use of time. And so we should be, the more success we have, we should be saying no all the time to these different kinds of uh, commitment requests, including pseudo opportunities, so that we can say yes to the few important things that we are focused on. Now, I should say one other category of commitment request, which is in a different category, but is, is I think even worse, is when people just say yes to when they commit to things where there's no potential advantage to them. And it's just it's just some sort of duty and but where it's just really an unchosen obligation that's not going to benefit them. Now, this is very different than you've made a commitment to something complex, which can sometimes have elements that you don't want. I mean, this happens in businesses, this happens in relationships. It's, but it's that those commitments, I believe, should still be made in the context of, yeah, this is going to be something that's really beneficial to me overall. And that's why I'm doing it. So if, if a child falls in that category, then yeah, yeah. If your child is, is misbehaving one day, you don't say, oh, well, it's not, not worth it. No, you've decided overall uh, that it's worth it. But I, I do think that people will do things like having children and other things and just really not think about what are the other things that I could be doing with my time. And I think that's that's one reason, just the, the acceptance of duties without a lot of thought in advance, I think is one reason why uh, just a lot of people are unhappy because there's just, it just created these sets of obligations and commitments where there was no clear choice and and that ends up crowding out everything else whereas all things be equal it can be good to just leave one's options open and figure out and 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 really figure out over time what are the things that I really want to say yes to so in the context of commitment requests no means yes all right that is the show for today if you have any questions, comments, love mail, or hate mail, email me at alex at 
alexepstein.com. Now I should say, I'm going to come up with a better email system because I can't prom, I, I, I want to stop the idea that I'm going to necessarily respond to every email. I, I read every email about Human Flourishing Project, but email is a whole other realm where I think people just, in effect, an email received is a commitment request. So I, I ask for that, but I ask because I'm interested in people's ideas, but I can't necessarily answer them. I don't mean to sound pretentious doing that, but I just, I felt like it needed to be consistent with today's theme. Also, if you have any comments on the show, definitely share them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash human flourishing project. And if you want weekly updates to notify you every time there's a new episode, then go to humanflourishingproject.com. Now, there's not exactly an episode every week, and I actually, for various reasons, might start doing this uh, every two weeks, but I try to never let, at most, I let one week go by between different episodes. So I will talk to everyone soon. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.